Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Please have a seat, everybody. You're too kind. Thank you very much. Welcome. Up there, down here, everybody watching around the world, welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. That's nice. That's nice. Hope you guys are feeling good tonight. I'm feeling, what would you describe it? A little nostalgic, I guess. Because, well, yesterday, there was a sighting of a man who I spent many happy years pretending to like. (laughs) I'm talking about former President George W. Bush. Seen here after getting into the saran wrap drawer again. (laughs) Laura had to put up one of those little doggy doors outside the kitchen to keep him out. (laughs) W and I, for about 10 years, uh, had so many good times together back at the old Colbert Rapport. I made so much fun of him, and he gave me so many reasons to do that. (laughs) Mm. But... Old days. Old days. In character. It wasn't me. It was in character. After keeping a low profile for years now, yesterday, uh, George Bush gave a speech in Dallas as part of an event called Elections, a more perfect union focused on how elections work. Uh, and we've actually acquired W's PowerPoint on how elections work. Step one, get fewer votes than your opponents. <laughs> Step two, have the Supreme Court hand it to you. <laughs> At one point, three-point plan. Now, at one point uh, in his actual speech, Bush turned his attention to Russia. There's only only one little problem. He he had a a bit of a gaffe. Um, See if you can spot it. Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Jiminy Christmas. The one phrase he definitely should never utter for the rest of his life. It's like he's thinking about it all the time and it just popped out. (laughs) That has got to be the worst presidential Freudian slip since JFK said this. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask if you can do Marilyn Monroe. Now, now, sure. 
<laughs> we do these things not because they're easy, but because I am hard. <laughs> Thankfully... <laughs> Thankfully, W caught himself and did a quick course correct. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. A, a, a rock, too? <laughs> that is a refreshingly lighthearted confession to war crimes, I guess. I guess we should call off the search for the WMDs at this point. Somebody owes Saddam Hussein an edible arrangement. Maybe, maybe Bush is gonna start admitting to everything he's been holding back. Also, I just wanna say my grandkids are the ones who paint the watercolors. Dick Cheney is a Terminator sent from the future. And there are no human-animal hybrids. I saw the Philly fanatic with his head off and I freaked out. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, speaking of Ukraine, Zelensky is still lobbying the world for support. This week, he opened the Cannes Film Festival, where he vowed, we will win this war. In fact, I'm, is this true? I'm told we have footage of his pre-movie presentation. Let's go liberate Donbass. Let's kick Putin in the ass. Let's go liberate Donbass and steal ourselves a tank. And give old Vlad a spank. It has been... Sir. War. It's been a bit of a rough week on Wall Street. The Dow took a drubbing after investors were alarmed by disappointing earnings from Target, Walmart, and Lowe's. There is clearly only one solution. We must release the strategic reserve of dads running little errands. <laughs> Go get some batteries, guys. Buy some spackle, the little bucket. The old one's probably dried out by now. Just put her around the paint aisle and pick out swatches. She says she wants yellow, but you don't know which one. Remember, satin shine. It should glow, but not glisten, okay? It should have sheen, but not shimmer. So just buy one of each. Your country needs you. <laughs> the big worry, the big worry on Wall Street, sheen, sheen, but not shine. Big worry on Wall Street these days is inflation. It's gotten out of control. In April, Overall consumer prices for food rose 9.4%, but eggs surged 220%. Butter jumped 51%, fats and oils went up 41%, and flour 40%. Wait a second, that is everything you need to batter and deep fat fry. It's one thing for inflation to destroy our retirement plans, now it's trying to make us live long enough to retire? <laughs> These expenses, no, it stopped, it stopped. Line in the sand. It, it stops. Let me at them. <laughs> These expenses are being passed on to the consumer. At one pizzeria in Mississippi, a 15-piece order of chicken wings used to be $13.95, but can now be around $27.95. And wing costs can vary so much, they're often just labeled market price. <laughs> market price. On menus, that's usually reserved for things like lobster. So I certainly hope you get to pick your own chicken from the tank out front. <laughs> I, got, I got little snorkels. 
They got little snorkels. They got a chicken snorkel. Oh, deep fried snorkel. I like how upset you were when you found out how chicken wing prices had jumped up. <laughs> that proves you're all Americans. Prices are so out of control that the restaurant owner says he's trying to decide whether to keep raising prices or take wings off the menu. Wings were only on the menu because they were the cheapest damn part of the chicken. Now they're gonna have to substitute something else. Introducing buffalo wild beaks. <laughs> Just enough sauce. Enough sauce. Hell yeah. Over, uh, over in COVID corner, cases are back, back on the rise. Yesterday, the CDC recommended that a third of Americans should consider wearing indoor masks. Consider is not the most urgent language you could use in a pandemic. That's like saying, danger, high voltage, maybe don't lick. <laughs> maybe. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all... We cannot blame the spread of COVID on lack of hand sanitizer anymore. I'll tell you that, because back in the early days of the pandemic, New York made 11 million bottles of hand sanitizer. Now it has 700,000 gallons of it it can't get rid of. New York needs to get rid of 700,000 gallons of surplus alcohol. Paging Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, it's time to be a hero again. All is forgiven. But New York may want to hold on to that hand sanitizer for just a bit because there's a new virus making the rounds, and I don't want to alarm anyone, so let me just quietly say... Monkeypox! <laughs> Everyone's staying calm? Good. Then you're ready to hear uh, this part of the headline. Rare monkeypox outbreak in UK, Europe, and US. What is it, and should we worry? I'll handle that one. <laughs> I don't know, and sure. <laughs> well, it turns out monkeypox is a viral infection that causes fever, body aches, enlarged lymph nodes, and blisters. Also an uncontrollable urge to wear a tuxedo and ride a tiny little bike. <laughs> To make matters more concerning, scientists say there's evidence the virus could be spreading through a new route, sexual contact. Wow. Wow, this new information suddenly makes unprotected sex with a pox-riddled monkey way less appealing. <laughs> and you know it's impossible to teach a monkey sex ed. Before you can put the condom on the banana, they eat it. <laughs> impossible. It... It's a monkey banana joke. <laughs> It's a monkey banana joke. Grow up. <laughs> Speaking of doing it, more companies are bringing employees back in person, and some workers might get a little too excited about that, because according to a new survey, more than a third of single white-collar workers think returning to the office will help their sex lives, and at some companies, the number of horny cubicle jockeys is even higher. For example, 50% of singles at Capital One said returning to in-person work would help them get lucky. It explains our new slogan, Capital One, what's in your wallet? <laughs> Better be a condom. We got a great show for you tonight. Up next, Mike Myers. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? 
Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight is a comedian, actor, and writer you know from Wayne's World, Shrek, and Austin Powers. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Mike Myers. Thanks, uh, thanks, thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Thank you, you for. Wow. Well, I, uh, I gotta say, I, I, I like nice hockey shirt. You Thank you. Uh, this is um, just wanted to send some love to the people of Buffalo. Uh, yeah. uh, now that's up by. It's up that's by, up by the border. Do you spend much Toronto. time? Uh, much oh time? yeah, of course. There are our neighbors to the south. I'm from Toronto, Canada, mm. and uh, I just. Just today, I was just thinking how much we love Buffalo, and we just want to send our love to you. That's all. That's all. Growing up, growing up in Toronto, and yeah. I know you're from Toronto because you don't say Toronto. Say Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. The T is silent. Exactly. Yes. So, growing up in Toronto, what was the draw in Buffalo? What would you go do? Um, uh, buy beer. <laughs> um, Why would you buy Buffalo beer? Was it cheaper or uh, it was legal? Because. It, it was easier to get because, <laughs> see, in, in Canada, we had this thing called the LCBO or the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Okay. And uh, you literally had to s- fill out a form. And, Every and, time you bought beer? Yes. You had to fill out a requisition chit, and the guy would look at it, look at you, and then he would talk into a thing, and then you'd wait, and then way in the back, some guy would have this thing on rollers come out. Wow. Yeah. That's and like so, what they do at Fort Knox. Yeah. But in, 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 in Buffalo, it would just give me some beer and like, there you go. Yeah, and it would be like, yeah, there you go, right? Well, um, the last time you were here, you, you would tell me this incredible story that the, the last letter George Harrison ever sent before he died, he sent to you. Yes. You have true. the yeah. last letter. Yeah. And, and I only bring that up to, to point out what a, what a huge fan, what a connection you have with the Beatles. Did you see Get Back? Did I see Get Back? Did you watch all eight hours? I, I inhaled it. Are you talking about? What did it feel like for you to watch that? Because to me, it's this incredible thing that these um, giants, you get to see their process. You get to see the moment of creation. What was, what was it that was like, like for you? It was like seeing the God particle, to be honest. Mm. And when, when, it, when it turns into Get Back, I, I, have, I literally have shivers right now. Just oh, like when George is, I mean, when Paul's working it yes. out and, oh. and it becomes and, the song. You know, my parents are from Liverpool, England, and uh, wow. the Beatles represent the best of our gene pool, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and it's just, and just that kind of show business, that kind of, you know, that just brilliance of being an entertainer that's just at once, everybody can love the Beatles and, 
you know, I think they're underrated. You know what I mean? It's, no, it's, absolutely. It's, it's a, again, you know, if, if dreams are, are, are private movies and mm -hmm. movies are public dreams, you know, that dream that, that Jackson made, you know, I just didn't want to leave it. Now, as a writer and a creator yourself, do you see any crossover between... I mean, you're not the Beatles. Uh, no. You're good, but you're not the Beatles. Yeah. Do you see crossover between, like, your creative process and what you see up there? Is something similarity well, I, between I, I, music I, and comedy? I do. Well, every musician wants to be a comedian, every comedian wants to be a musician. And when I came out, I was like, I want to play in that band. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, that's all Dana and I do. Dana we Carvey and I, we just jam. You know, mm -hmm. we serve, how's your kids, how's everything? And then it's like, I got something, right? So uh, it... it <sighs> It just makes being a creative person seem like a noble endeavor. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? Watching that Watching movie. Watching the Beatles mean. and, uh, you know, I, I dare not touch the hem of their garment mm -hmm. uh, and say that what I do is like the Beatles, but, but, you know, we all need some entertainment in the world, you know? Well, you, you, as a creator, you've created, uh, uh, written, and uh, you star in a new series, The Pentaveret. Correct. What is The Pentaveret? What's it about? The Pentaveret is, um, uh, what if five people ran the world, right? Actually. Secret society. Secret society. Okay. And what if they were nice, and what if I played all five people, is basically it. <laughs> so it's the Illuminati, but nothing nefarious. Well, it's, it's this idea of there, there's always been these five, bless you, by the way, there's always been these five people mm -hmm. that have, as bad as the world is, it would have been worse if these five people since the, the, since the Black okay. Plague didn't exist. Sure. So I just, I believe in expertise, and growing up in Canada, I believe in government, you know, so it's... Sorry, requisition for a beer. Yes, well, yeah, there's exactly. that side of it. There's that side, yeah. But there's also healthcare, you know? Oh. <laughs> okay, oh, do you, do you like... I love the idea of secret societies. I'm obsessed. I'm a little upset that no one has ever asked me no, to no. join a secret me society. Too. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I've got influence. I would... Ask me to use it nefariously. Right now, I'm just doing it for cash and fun. Well, exactly. I mean, I, 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 you know, my mom was in the Royal Air Force and had a top security clearance. Damn. So, yeah. Re what did she do? She, uh, you know, those ladies uh, with a perspex-covered map of Britain and those ladies with the sticks, and it's like Jerry's over Norfolk. No way. Scramble Big and Hill and those things. No way. And it's a pea super tonight. You know, one of those? That's fantastic. And my mom was one of those ladies. So I was watching a TV show in 1985, and it says, uh, now it can be told that the RAF read all of the Luftwaffe's secret messages. And my mom says, they're mentioning that on TV. I said, you didn't tell me? She said, oh, Michael, I signed a piece of paper. The War Secrets, War, uh, the wow. Secrets Act. Wow, you had to sign the piece of paper yeah. and in exchange you got a six-pack of beer. That's what it is, yes. We have to take a break. We'll be right back with more Mike Myers, everybody. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... 
amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we got to spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right. We're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is also the 30th anniversary of uh, Wayne's World mm. with, with your dear friend, mine, David Carvey. Did you, did you ever imagine? It, would, it came out of the box a giant hit. Like, opening weekend, it exploded, it never stopped. Part two, the rare sequel that's funnier than the original. Did you have any sense going into this what it was gonna be? No. Um, I, I didn't think it was gonna get, I, I never thought I'd be able to do this for a living. I mean, I, I you know. It, <laughs> what was your fallback? Uh, architecture. <laughs> I do, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't have a fallback. I've wanted to do this since, I could remember. You know how Kurt Vonnegut always talked about your peephole opening being your first memory? This is all I've ever wanted to do. I just didn't think it was necessarily going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when Wayne's World was finished, um, I didn't think they were going to release it. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about the movie business. Um, but Dana and Rob Lowe did. And, and it was uh, <laughs> unbelievable. And Lauren Michaels, of course. Sure, yeah. And it's just an unbelievable experience working with Dana Carvey just basically taught me how to do comedy acting on film, mm. which is to just enjoy yourself and get the fun molecules out there. And if there's anything that I did relate to in Get Back is that I think they really love playing with each other. It's a love story. Yes. I mean, and one of the things that Paul said to Peter Jackson when he asked his permission to edit it, he goes, yeah, just make sure everybody knows that we're mates. Yes. Uh, and Peter said, there's only one story I can tell, and it's that you love each other. Well, that scene when they're all hugging and mm -hmm. they're, you know, and that the scene in the cafeteria where it's like, well, can you go talk to him? And it's like, no, you go talk to him. You know, just that, and I was like, oh, you know, and this, that is the feeling that Dana and I had on set was, uh, he's just one of the most bravest like, when we had the 40th anniversary of Saturday Night Live. We went out after the in-memoriams, mm -hmm. right? After all, it was Jan Hooks had passed away. I love Jan yes. Hooks, and I was very, very sad. And I said, are we dead now? That we're going on after the who's died thing. Yeah. And Danny went, no, f*** them. <laughs> we're going to, goes, no, we're going to kick ass, dude. This is perfect. And I was like, oh, dude, that's exactly right. <laughs> and we went out there, and boom, we just knocked them dead, so. That's well, what I love about Dan. He loves to play. He loves to entertain people. He's a great hang. Oh, my God. He's, he's one of the few comedians that's actually funny in life. And he's as funny as you'd want him to be every moment you're with him. It's almost demoralizing. Yes, it's true. How funny he is all the time and seems to be fine with that. It's not an effort. No, he had this one run, and I can't say what he said, but he would have the dirty Beatles, and they would, like, say, I remember one time, and then something so filthy that... <laughs> You, right? uh, here we were in Hamburg, and this lady came up to me. Mm -hmm. And it is so incredibly filthy. And we, we were on tour together. And by the time we got to Nebraska, all he had to say was, I remember one time. <laughs> you know? And I was like, oh, 
Dude, mm. I worship mm. you for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. making that drive go super yes. fast. Well, before we go, I, we got yes. a clip here from the sure. Pentaveric. Can Great. you explain to us what's happening here? This is another moment of like conspiracy, so, I believe. One of the characters I play uh, is a New Hampshire's number one conspiracy theorist, mm -hmm. who is sort of like a guide for the main character, which is based on a Toronto uh, uh, local news reporter that I had growing up in Toronto. And uh, on C anybody from Toronto here, do you remember CFTO? Glenn Cochran, Glenn Cochran, CFTO News. <laughs> Here we are at the Sportsman Show. There's plenty of things to do, whether you like skeet shooting or fly fishing. Over there's a thousand pound bull made entirely out of butter. <laughs> that, that type of thing, you know. It's a beautiful place to grow up. And, you know, we just kind, a kind, kind, you know. Mm -hmm. Did he say things wrong every now and then? Yes. But he was kind, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. This guy is, is the the guide that gets Ken Scarborough into the Pentaveret. And he's talking to my camera person, uh, played by Lydia West. Okay, Jim? I think you might be addicted to conspiracy. Well, I used to be addicted to QAnon, and then I went to QAnon and on, but I found out that even that's a hoax. Conspiracies are everywhere. Look what the Pentaveret did to our currency, right? Normal $5 bill, right? Right. Wrongo. You fold it this way, you fold it that way, you fold it this way, and looky here what we have. The five. Like the five members of the Pentaphrae. It's right there. Think about it. Why would they put a five right there? To indicate that the bill has a monetary value of five American dollars? It's like they're taunting us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Mike Myers, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.